You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. We are living through unusual times right now. We've been thrown out of our normal into a pandemic survival mode, while at the same time, a cultural and political war rages on. This situation has put many of us into a state of uncertainty over our physical health, our finances, our cultural heritage, and our political future. And when uncertainty strikes, it may be time to ask some questions, which is the heart of my interview today. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Well Show. Mark Victor Hansen changed the world with his Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And today, he's back with more much-needed wisdom, along with his wife, Crystal Hansen. They've co-authored a new book called Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. It's all about asking the right questions as a guide toward the discovery of your dreams and the creation of your best self. It's something that we all might need to do as we reestablish ourselves in this post-COVID-19 world. So Mark and Crystal, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Our pleasure. Thank you for inviting us on. Happy to be here, Kathy. Thank you for having us. Well, the timing couldn't be better because these are crazy times. You have uh, been helping people for many, many years. Rich and I have been following you for many years. You've been helping people live better lives. (laughs) So what is your advice today uh, when people are really challenged and really afraid and, and fighting all the time? We can go into all this as deep as you want, but the bottom line is that we've traveled literally around the world, 80 countries, met a gazillion people. All of them are talented, wonderful, professional, well-educated, and for the most part, uh, good human beings. But the difference between those who succeed a little and those who succeed massively is one thing and one thing only. We discovered when we interviewed ourselves and looked around is the ability to ask. And what we're saying is somebody needs to grow up and become a master at asking. And once you do, your whole life opens up sort of like a lotus flower. I love that you said that. When Rich and I just did a podcast recently on how to communicate better, I mean, starting with just Facebook, because Facebook wars are bringing families apart. And I asked Rich, what, you know, what can people do better on Facebook? And he said exactly that. Just ask more questions. What do you mean by that? And where's the data to support it or whatever, you know? So tell me more about asking. I mean, are you talking about in communication one-on-one or just in life in general? Right. So we were super excited about this idea when we got it, Kathy, because as Mark said, we realized in our own lives that just the art of asking, learning, knowing how to ask at the right time when we've gone through our own personal crises or difficulties in life. It was really being able to ask the right questions and then follow those answers that got us out of it every single time. And so what we discovered is there are actually three channels through which to ask, and that is ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And each of those channels is equally important. The ask yourself part is really that reflective journey, and everything starts with that because we can't know where to go unless we know where we are. And so, you know, that starts with a series of questions that start with, you know, where am I right now? Because you have to recognize what's really going on. And then all the sub questions that unfold under that question, where am I? The second subset of questions is where do I want to be? Right. Right. And then the last part is what specific action do I need to take to get there? And so that reflective journey, the ask yourself part is where everything begins. It's just so important. 
the ask others part, of course, we are one another's greatest resources. And so, yes. you know, it, it's, it's hard for people. It's hard for people to be vulnerable and ask. And we did, we'll talk about the studies as we get into this discussion a little bit more, but um, that's critical. We have to be able to reach out to one another, rely on each other, become one another's greatest resources to really fulfill what we're supposed to do in this life. And if we can all realize that, it becomes a lot more of a rich, fun experience, you know, for all of us to live. And then, of course, the Ask God part is just super important for Mark and I. You know, we start every day with um, an hour of prayer and meditation and really just, you know, trying to give context to our lives because it's not just about us. You know, we like to ask, you know, what is our role in the universe? What this a magnificent universe you created, God, this, what, is, what is our purpose in the kingdom, so to speak, you know? And when you're able to do that, it actually, I think, we believe, we think it makes you feel a lot more calm and comfortable about life, no matter what is happening in life, because it's just not about you. It's not so ego-based. It's about the whole picture. It's about all of us. And so if we can ask, and we like to ask, you know, my favorite question is, how, what is my greatest expression for which you made me, God? And so those are the three areas of asking, Kathy. We can get really deep. We did so many interviews and, and so many fun things unfolded with this book. No, it's really interesting because Rich and I have been married, well, we've known each other almost 25 years. We've been married uh, 21 wow. years. And it's always a learning process, always a learning process. And whenever we feel like maybe we're just a little stuck or we need a little more excitement in our marriage, we'll go do a, a counseling session or we'll go to a retreat. And the last one, was really helpful. It was just simply starting every day or, or every date night saying, how are we doing? How are we doing? Instead of how are you doing? How are we doing? And each one asking and the other listening and then asking more to really understand it. And it's just, it's been really wonderful for us. But that's, that's something that we carried in with employees, um, with, you know, with any kind of relationship. How are we doing? And my goodness, right now as a country, we should be asking that a lot. Of each other and everyone, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so let's just go to the country for a second, and I'll, I'll do one preface. It doesn't fit to that, but when we were falling in love, we were sitting in uh, Costa Mesa. We lived back in Newport at the time at, at uh, Mother's Market, and a lovely old man of the cloth was sitting next to us. He said, "Do you do mind if I talk to you?" And you go, "You look gentle to me." So I said, "No." He said, "I spent my whole life as uh, head of Billy Graham Ministries uh, marriage." And wow. he said, you want to know, you guys look like you're so deeply in love. You want to make sure that your marriage lasts? And I said, yeah, of course, of course. What, what uh, are you going to recommend? He says, the people that pray out loud together every night stick together and don't get divorced. And so we said, wow, that's interesting. You want to hit on your lick on that before? No, before? I just, I, I've never done that. I've never prayed out loud with like my, like my significant other. It was like, I'm a, like, either prayed in groups of people or privately, you know, but so we're like, okay, we can try this. But it is really magical when you go to God together and ask for those things, you know, you really reach this level of sort of new intimacy and alignment in terms of what you're really asking for out of life. And, and, and it's, it's really beautiful. So I love the questions that, that you learned at the retreat. And, and that was just something that came up for us um, relationship wise. Yeah, beautiful. So in answer to your question, because we don't have one crisis, we got four as far as I'm concerned. We got the COVID crisis, which there's a lot of solutions potentially of that at lots of levels. Number two, we got the fear crisis, which we mm -hmm. like to cover. Uh, number three, you got the economic crisis. And number four, you got the crisis of the people that are anti America, literally anti America, and trying to 
I, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but it just, it hit me. Yeah, there, uh, there is a, um, definitely seems to be an effort to destroy this country. And I believe the only way that we can survive it is by coming together. And that's why I thought it's so important to bring you on to talk more about this question of asking, because I, th- I think as a, as a country, and as Americans, so many people have decided they think they already know everything. And yet, I'm guessing we know very little. There's a lot going on <laughs> that we don't know about. And the more that we can ask and be curious and learn, the more chance we have to save this country. This is a digital war. Oh, my goodness. It is so scary. And Cyber war. Yep. So let's Cyber go war. to the beginning. You know, we, we as children, we're all born that way, Kathy. I mean, you know, children are born. We're, we, we're endlessly curious. We want to know who, what, when, where, why. We want to know how it all works. And we also ask all the time for more and more and more. So something happens in life. We start to get shut down, whether it's, you know, by our parents in school, jobs, bosses, rejection, all of these things start to kind of shut us down and sort of crush our ability to ask. And so what we discovered was that there are actually seven roadblocks to asking. And every single one of us carries at least one of these roadblocks inside of us. And, you know, they're very specific, um, you know, unworthiness. And I can go into them a little bit deeper if you want, but naivete. Yeah. I do want to, because, uh, you know, it, it, it's across the board, in yeah. my opinion. And again, Rich and I are co- uh, trained coaches, and that's what it's all about, is just asking, asking, right. asking, and not assuming anything. As right. a parent, asking your children, what drives you? What excites you? What, what do you want? What are you afraid of? And when looking at an investment, people oftentimes just jump into it without asking any questions or asking people who've done it before, asking for advice from an expert. You know, they just kind of jump in. So there's so much to this. I do want to get much deeper into the, the steps that you have. Okay, so let's start with unworthiness, which is really just conditioning from our childhood. It just somewhere along the way, it just kind of tells us we don't deserve more. And um, we have a story in there about Bob Proctor. I mean, here's this mega successful man now. I don't know if you know Bob and his work, mm-hmm. but you know, Absolutely. he's amazing. He's worth many millions of dollars, but he started out making like 4,000 a year as a fireman. And he just, he had a horrible attitude. He said, I never asked anyone for anything because I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel worthy of anyone's time. I didn't feel worth, worthy enough to ask a question that I deserved an answer. And it was finally when this one mentor came into his life and said, you know, started asking him questions, Bob, what do you really want? Is this where you, what, where you want to be in, you know, in 10 years? And he goes, do you even know where you want to be in 10 years? And he just, he never asked himself any of those questions. And when he did start asking, he realized the answers revealed to him that this life he was living, he really hated it. But (laughs) but if he kept asking questions and kept choosing a different path and listening to the answers that he could create something completely different. And it's a, it's a great story. We talk about his journey in there and and the rest is history. Now he teaches the science of getting rich and so many other things. The second roadblock is naivete. And I love this one because I talk about when my girls were little, we had this Filipina housekeeper who used to make these wonderful dishes for for us from her home country. And we loved it. And she came one morning with this fruit and cut it up on a plate. And it was, she hands me this orange, juicy, delicious looking fruit. And I taste it. And I'm like, this is the best fruit I've ever tasted. What is it, Melda? She goes, it's a mango. And I was like, a mango? How come I've never had a mango? I traveled a lot all over the world and I've never had a mango. And and she, I was thinking, I said, where did you get it? Thinking she had to import them from the Philippines. And she said, 
at the grocery store. And I thought, you know, I've been passing these by at the grocery store just because I'm not aware. I'm just naive to the fact that these are there for me, available. What else am I passing by? What else is am I naive about? What people am I passing by? What opportunities or interesting things that might lead me to something so much better? So naivete is a big one because a lot of us just stay in our world and don't really, you know, we look, it's that curiosity thing. We're just not curious. And that is just- I, I want to go back to the, the naivete one because yeah. that is what could tear this country down oh, because yeah. you've got two- political parties who are, the people on both sides are absolutely sure that they are the right ones, (laughs) you know, absolutely sure. And in so doing, the other side is wrong. Um, And so somehow there's, there's 50% of Americans who think exactly one way and 50% who think exactly the other way. And if, and and one of the sides is wrong, depending on which side you're on. And unfortunately, I think they both are. (laughs) We're, we're trusting Again, that's just not asking enough questions about who is behind everything. What follow the money, follow the power, like what? Yeah. Ah. So, so if true. we could just stop trusting naively, yeah. we would stop pointing fingers at everything each other and maybe look at who's doing the doing this. The act of asking questions as far as we're concerned is illuminating. It's revealing. It's insightful. It's mind opening. And what is it you don't believe about the other two sides like you're talking about? If we could get them to talk and communicate rather than just go for the jugular every time, it'd be a great benefaction to the universe. People drop their defenses when you ask them a question, you know, because mm-hmm. you're curious about them. Tell me more. What is it? What is it that I need to learn about you or about what you think or about your position that I, might, uh, I may not know? And that starts a conversation. It starts a dialogue. If we were willing to do that, we'd probably realize that we'd get to the middle of something, we'd probably be so close to our actual values. Our actual core values wouldn't be very far apart. It's um, it's 100% true. I mean, after the interview with my husband, where he asked me to be more curious on Facebook so that I wouldn't lose friends, <laughs> um, <laughs> which was starting to happen. Um, you know, I realized as I started asking questions and not being so defensive was I didn't understand black history at all. And in fact, in a lot of ways, didn't understand a lot of U.S. history. And I would run around saying that the uh, July 4th, 1776 was the day of freedom. And then, you know, was it for everyone? Certainly for my ancestors, it was. But women couldn't vote and black people couldn't vote. So I just got a chance to, again, look at the world from a different lens, from somebody else's lens and, and admit that I was wrong and that I didn't understand completely. And maybe I'd been brain, brainwashed in my education growing up. But in the last two months, I have made an effort to really understand what I didn't know. So there is massive opportunity if we would just talk to each other, ask more questions, and then listen to the answer. <laughs> listen not, to the answer. That's so true, Kathy. And it's not even so much about being wrong. It's about more about being naive, not having a full and complete understanding of all things. None of us does. And so you know, we take a position, but the problem with what we're doing now is we're taking this position and become such a righteous position. I'm right. That's, that makes you wrong. And then this person's going, no, 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 I'm completely right. And you're completely wrong. And the truth is we're all a little naive in the middle. We don't have all of the answers and we're neither one of us are completely right. So. And and the answer to that is it's, we have this one story about a fourth grade teacher's got little Johnny and Sammy fighting, 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 and both 
clearly are correct. So she says, Sammy, you there? Johnny, you there? She goes in her desk, pulls out a ball, puts it in the center. What color is it black? What color is it white? Black, white. Are you stupid? You can't see it? She has them switch sides and it's half black and half white. So at some levels, not only is the question the answer, but the question is the illumination. And what it does, it opens up, it expands, it dimensionalizes your perception. Yeah. As, as long as you are willing to hear the answer and not immediately block it. So that's great. Um, okay, let's do, let's do two more. Okay, so <laughs> let's, do, um, well, let's do fear, like just okay. the sheer terror of asking. Because for some people, human beings need love. And I think some people are just so terrified to ask because they're terrified of rejection. And they yeah. feel like in, it's in some primitive way, you know, they, they've lost love if they're rejected like that. But the truth of it is, you know, when someone says no to us, it's not about us. It has mm-hmm. really nothing to do with us. It has more to do with where this person is at that given time, any given time that we're asking. It's not, we personalize it, but usually it's not personal, you know? Mm-hmm. So learning to understand that it's not personal and that you might come back later and the answer will be yes, or you'll ask, keep asking. Don't stop asking. We have a lot of great stories that, that prove why you need to keep asking your questions or asking for what you want, because eventually you'll get what you want. Eventually you'll get your answer. So, and, and then I would say the last one is disconnection that I want to talk about. And I think that's the saddest one of all, because disconnection means you're just, you literally have become out of touch with your dreams in your heart. You stop asking because you're, you're almost apathetic about your life. You've kind of given up on your life. And that's really sad. No one should give up on their life. You know, life is a journey and things happen, but we need to keep pulling ourselves up every day and start that asking journey again. Because if you don't give up, you're going to get something great. You just have to keep asking. Yeah. Usually the breakthrough happens, right? Oftentimes people will quit right before it happens. Um, You've just got to go that, that extra step. Back to the question you asked two questions ago. When you remember, we're saying three things ask yourself, ask others, ask God. Every one of us right now is in eight billion of us are sequestered or semi sequestered. And what you got to do is say, you know, 400 times before you go to sleep at night, ask yourself, God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? Mm-hmm. And you've got to have a paper and a pen next to the bed or some dictating machine so you can write it and type it and literally get up and do it because. I'll remember in the morning. No, it'll it'll fade away. It's like a wet, slippery fish. It's gone. So we <laughs> forgot that when Jack and I tried to get to the title, and Chris and I tried to get to the title, we said mega best selling title, mega best selling title. So that's what gave us. Jack called me at two thirty in the morning and said chicken soup, and I said for the soul. And we knew we had it. We got goosebumps, like we knew when we had asked. But what it means to everybody listening now: a third of America doesn't have a job, and and half the world is not going to have work because of you know the lockdown. The point is, is that you've got to ask yourself, what am I going to do next? What is my night's right livelihood? What is my right livelihood? Because your inner knower knows. We're all born rich with 18 brilliant brain cells. We all know what the next steps are going to be. If you, you know, the airlines are down a third of their, they've fired all their management, except a third, all their pilots, all their flight attendants. There's going to be a lot of people out of work. They've got to ask themselves, what do I do now? God, tell me, what is my right livelihood right now? So this question thing, is the greatest unfoldment in history. And look, we're doing it to serve because the greatest monks you serve in all. We want to serve everyone. So they start the asking journey to catch on to who they are really at depth. This is going to be the most important time to be able to tune in because we're, there's 
kind of danger out there as well. And we need to be so tapped in that we know that it's safest to go left than right or right than left or whatever in the moment. So practicing every day and checking in with yourself is so important and going to be more so, I think, every day. Yeah, we've got to stop putting our, all our dependence and all our hope in somebody else doing it for us, some leader to be better, some government to be better, some healthcare to be better. You know, we got to take responsibility, take it on ourselves. I think that's all we've got these days. <laughs> no, it's true. I, yeah. You have to become your own best resource. And we can do that. I'm one another's best resources, really. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, you know, if we look at the potential opportunities, I mean, we've learned a lot through this virus that you know, who knew that all of our drugs came from China and all of our athletes, yes. right? And so now we're, we're all government of government agrees. We need to, you know, bring manufacturing back home, bring supply chains back home. There will be a lot of opportunities. So we can't lose hope. We need to start asking, what are those opportunities? Okay, yes. what might I be able to do? You know, uh, there's so many different businesses you can do around manufacturing, whether it's part of the supply chain or distribution or retail or so many things. There will be a ton of opportunity, but you can't let this depress you because a lot of people are just falling, you know, into this slump. And that's why we need to spend time with ourselves every day, looking for opportunities, asking for what they are, try to stay away from the negative news. Because as a transformational life coach and hypnotherapist, I always say life is created from the inside out. You look at all that stuff happening to you out there and you think, oh my gosh, life is just coming at me and I'm doing a duck and dodge and keep all the balls in the air. But the truth of it is, the life you experience is created inside of you. And so you need to take control of that process by spending that time like we do in the morning, like you're talking about, Kathy, you know, creating that life, but really asking yourself the questions, how do you see your life? How do you, you know, start creating through your imagination the life you want in your mind. Start engineering it backwards and then move forward from there visualize it so much that it's almost real and it, and it becomes real. That's true. Can I talk to that? Uh, Please. One of the stories we haven't asked is a story about Jim Stovall, who's 19 years old. He's strong. He's fast. He's got endurance. He's ready to go in the NFL. He gets recruited, goes in, and a doctor comes up and says, oh, kid, I'm sorry. This is the worst news I've ever had to give. But six months from now, you're going to be permanently and forever blind. Now, parentheses. I teach my whole life for 44 years as a professional speaker, trainer, and, and book author is take adversity, turn it into advantage. Take adversity, turn it into opportunity. That's where this story is going to go. He's now blind and, and complaining. And his parents said, look, you're living in this little nine by 12 room and you got three things, a television, a telephone, and, and a TV. Just go down to the blind meeting. Maybe they can do something. He gets down there and it's an echo chamber for negativity. It's just exactly what Crystal and I are saying. 15 minutes of all the news we can take. Go to podcasts, read positive books, listen to positive podcasts, listen to positive audios, the kind that I've made my whole life. You can get them all online. Anyhow, he sits fortuitously with this woman who's also blind, and she is a court stenographer and works the biggest law firm in his city. And uh, they're talking, and he said, you know, I used to love to watch movies and see action. Somebody throw a hook. I wish somebody would do something. She said, wait a second. We're somebody. This is a pivotal question of this whole podcast we're doing with you, Kathy wait, we're something, we can do something. Now, everybody's got some problem they can fix and get paid substantially for. So they got together, decided that they were somebody, they could do something about it. They created something that we cited people don't even know about called narrative TV. And narrative TV shows how a right hook's thrown so a blind person can watch TV and watch a movie and get it. And 
they have 14 million people paying $10 a month to watch Narrative TV. That would be great if that's the only part of the story. But we interviewed Jim Stovall for this great book, Ask, and you know he is the wisest man I've ever talked to on the phone. He's just wonderful. And he wrote a book called The Ultimate Gift. And when I read it, I wrote the forward and the back page endorsement. I said, this is the clearest I've ever seen a book. It should be a movie. He says, if he lives 100 years, he'll never not have a day of prayer thanking me because he said, not only did we make a movie, but I made 100 million on the movie and I'm <laughs> writing a lot of books. And so, Oh my line, gosh, that's amazing. So the last line is he says, I now write books that I can't read and I now make movies that I can't see. And, and so wow. everybody that's feeling like their spirit got crushed. Look, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not making that light of any of that. All of us, 8 billion of us have been in pain, suffering, upset, but you've got to re-pivot, you've got to reinvent, you've got to rethink yourself through. And ask that question that Jim asked, why can't we, well, actually, Kathy asked Jim, why can't we be the somebody to do something about it, right? Because we all sit around, kind of what you were just referring to, Kathy, we think government's going to fix it, someone's going to fix everything, someone's (laughs) going to make it okay for us. Why can't we do something? Why can't we create these businesses? Why can't we figure out how the country is going to look, what our next businesses are? I mean, that's how it's done. That's how America was made. And so we need to be stronger and more resilient than ever and start asking those questions of how we're going to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. I think the next 10 years are going to be the biggest growth years we've ever seen, the most opportunity people have. Many of the jobs that are lost, not all, but many would have gone to robots anyway. That's where things were headed. And those are jobs that could be done by AI. So there was already going to be new jobs being created. It's just coming a little bit sooner. So now is the perfect time to ask that question, what do I want? Who do I want to be over the next 10 years? You know, what, what role do I want to play and how can I serve? All right. Out of all the questions, what would you say is the most important one? Well, gosh, there are so many important, but really just understanding, you know, what am I best at? What's my passion? What's my purpose? I mean, mm-hmm. how do I match my talents, my unique skills and talents with something that I could be passionate about and also earn a lot of money there? I mean, money's great. And, you know, money gives us more ability to do more of what we were made to do. So there's nothing wrong. We don't need to apologize for asking for more money, but we just need to ask, you know, to really find that niche. What am I best at? What am I, what's my passionate purpose and what can I get paid for? If you're passionately purpose about what you really want to do and, and what your talent level is, and most of us don't know our own talent. So the questions we ask, have 10 of your friends write out here, Kathy, here's what we see you as best at. They see what you can't see, right? That's hidden in there in your plain sight. And then number two, is what would you love to do? And then number three is what are you going to get paid substantially? Because if you're going to, you've only got one shot through this thing. This isn't a dress rehearsal called life. You know, so if we're in this non-dress rehearsal that's really highly active and what you said a minute ago, volatile at some levels, right? What you want to do is do something you really love doing and get paid well for and have fun doing and would have you uh, ceaselessly grow. Like we just are writing as fast as we can these days and, and loving doing every part of it. Right. As you know, Kathy, a story is like a metaphor for our own lives. And we just have these incredible stories that when you read, read them, you just go, that's right. That's exactly what I need to do to get to the next level. You know, mm-hmm. metaphors are like the patterns in our minds. So we learn very quickly from reading other people's stories. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show and and bringing back some inspiration. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. I hope this was enlightening. It certainly was for me. Look forward to seeing you next time. You can listen to this again or read the transcript at realwealthshow.com.